You're listening to the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast, episode eight. Are you a lady boss making 50 to 100,000 in your business and you're ready to break through that six-figure barrier? Have you done a great job of creating a nice life as the ultimate gig master, but know your inner CEO is calling you to greater heights? You're in the right place if you want to create and implement solid fundamentals in your business without sacrificing fun. I'm Pam Ivey. I'm certified in small business management, and I concentrate in the areas of training and certifying real estate assistants coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs in online business, marketing, growth, and profit acceleration. And I take men and women business owners aged 40 plus to bucket list destinations around the world for a month at a time to work, explore, and live in community. And I'm Jane Gary, known as the sales strategist for the non-sales person. And I work with business owners who want to increase their conversion rate, shorten their sales cycle, and have more impact and influence with the work they do, all while having more fun with selling. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. So glad that you've come back to join us for the all-encompassing topic of operations. It really does encompass so much in our business. So let's start with a definition. Operations is the work of managing the inner workings of your business so it runs as efficiently as possible. Let that sink in for a minute because that's a lot. But really, it's everything behind the scenes that makes your business run efficiently and continue to make money. So it's really the supportive work behind the scenes. And Jane, you were talking about how you see operations from a sales point of view, right? I really do. Because when you talk about operations kind of in general, that is never the sexy sounding part of your business unless you're naturally predisposed to like operations. But for most business owners, I would say that is not the thing that makes them go, yippee, I'm going to get out of bed today and handle operations. But Efficiency is actually one of my core values, and that plus the fact that I genuinely love having sales conversations with people, I just find them so fascinating and fun, and they really do serve people. So when I started thinking about operations as a means of supporting me being able to have more sales conversations faster, quicker, and when operations are running smoothly, it also enables you to serve more people at that higher level. So now I love operations because all it means to me is I've got systems in place. I've got a process that's working. It's hitting my core value, one of my core values of efficiency. And when operations are running smoothly, it actually allows me to go work on the part of the business that I most love, which is having those conversations with potential new clients and or serving them. So if you can find kind of your hot button when it comes to operations so that it lights you up, in the way that needs to happen, it can be a good thing. Absolutely. It supports everything we do in order to get clients and continue to earn in our business. So that totally makes sense. So the specific definition of operations, it'll really depend on your own industry and the stage of your business. So sometimes improving operations means thinking strategically about your systems and processes, like Jane mentioned. Other times it means 
being part of the on the ground work to bring every aspect of a project from tiny to huge, right to reality. Oh my God, you guys, I know that Daniel, our um, audio editor is going to edit it out, but <laughs> I'm talking apparently Jane's bored because she's watching YouTubes all of a sudden <laughs> we have some music and talking in the background, right? Jane? <laughs> I wasn't bored. <laughs> I was watching funny videos last night because I like to do that before I go to bed sometimes. But apparently, if you leave YouTube on pause for too long, it'll start kicking over. Yeah. yeah sure, sure. <laughs> All right. Where was I? Okay. I'm going to talk about service companies because that's who most of us are. So, we as service companies, we can divide our operations into a couple of key buckets. One is client-facing and the other is business-related. So start by thinking about your client interactions. Think about maybe what could happen more quickly, or perhaps the customer is experiencing some unnecessary notifications. If so, I want you to consider how your current processes for communicating, collaborating, and managing projects affect the services that you're offering. For example, if client projects are continually coming in over budget, one big operational concern would be the methods used to calculate your estimates at the beginning of a job if you do projects. Just really keep in mind that operations is key to running a business that's always getting better and better at what it does. By taking a look at how your business is run and asking yourself questions about existing processes, you'll be able to define and optimize what operations means for you and your business. It's one of my like really big points and my teams that I've ever worked with really know that this is a big one for me is systems and processes. And that's like writing everything down in any activity that you do on an ongoing basis over and over again. One I've learned because Let's say I ha I'm doing something technical. I'm making an update to a website or something. If I only do that once a month, oftentimes I'm going to have to go back and try and figure out what I did to make that happen. So I'm wasting all kinds of time. And there's one of Jane and my core values is efficiency. You're wasting all kinds of time trying to find your notes or something that you've made on how to do something. If you have processes and you keep it in a central home. Jane and I use a system called Teamwork, and it's at teamwork.com. And they have what's called notebooks. And it's a living document where you can add your processes and update them on a regular basis as any changes are made. So it's on the fly, and it's always up to date, and it's a beautiful thing. If you're able to provide clear and concise documentation for your team, it leaves very little room for things to be miscommunicated. It also leaves little room for your team not to know what to do, or you, or for them to be confused. So these are the biggest time wasters in a business, which just drives me bananas. <laughs> so really, documentation makes it easier to onboard new employees and saves your business from being reliant on any one person. And that's really important, too. So really, we can look at operations as the three P's I read somewhere at one time, and this really hit home for me. Operations looks after processes, 
people and the product or the service that you provide. So we processes, but it also includes staffing, like recruiting and onboarding and training, supply management. And for us in a service business, that could be our equipment, like our computers or technology that we use, like the teamwork that I talked about, like Infusionsoft for some people or Entreport. I know, Jane, you use. I do use Entreport. Mm -hmm. Your administration is included in operations, all of your finances. So your budgeting, you want to look at cost reductions, customer service and support, strategic partnerships, your project management, and of course, profitability. So it is a very big umbrella, that operations, right? It is a really big umbrella. It encompasses so much, but it's the glue that holds everything together. So it's a big deal. Absolutely. It's the foundation foundation. It's the foundation of the foundation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So planning and budgeting fit into there, your business process management and measurement as well. So your analytics, not just financial, although that's super important and you should be looking at that on a regular basis, but also the drivers of your client analytics and your prospect analytics. How many leads does it take me in order to get X amount of clients. That's huge. This is a thing when I when I work with my clients, we talk about the numbers a lot because most people do not know their numbers. And you really can't grow your business or even make the income that you want to make minimally if you really don't understand the client acquisition process and the client acquisition data. So one of the biggest mistakes I see business owners make is they just kind of pick this random income number they're going to make for the year. And then it becomes kind of, I'm just, I'm not going to worry about how I'm just going to manifest it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we certainly talk about the whole inner game and why that's important. So that's good. And we still need a strategy and a plan. So in other words, if you know that you have a 50% conversion ratio, you have to talk to 10 people to get five clients. So you need to stay on top of that. Like anything in life, I can say, I'm going to, you know, pick something I'm going to build a house, but there's no plan. I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. But if there's no plan and I don't really have anything to implement in a systematic way, it's going to be a little challenging to meet that goal. So knowing the data, being able to analyze the data, then you can create a specific and strategic plan to make sure that you hit your goals. And that's all that data is in the operations. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. If we want to hit a goal of $10,000, that's kind of out there, right? But if we can put numbers to it, we can put it into much more perspective and make it feel so much more attainable, so much more doable. Mm -hmm. So say we want to make $10,000 this month and we're a course provider. So we teach, we train, and our course is $1,000. Well, that means we need to get 10 students, just 10 students that month into our program. So doesn't that make it feel so much more realistic and doable than I want to make $10,000 this year and that's it. <laughs> it's right. just which is what a lot of people do and I think that's such an exercise in frustration and futility because if you just pick a random number out of the sky and you don't really have a plan and you don't have a strategy and you don't have any data to support that either A this is what you need to do or B here's where you need to recalculate or reroute then you don't hit the goal. And when you don't hit the goal, you get frustrated and you think, well, 
I don't work or my business doesn't work or people don't want what I have. And really none of that is true. You just haven't done the calculations of the data. So in other words, you haven't pulled together the operation side of your business to know this is what needs to happen so that these next several things can then happen. Absolutely. And if you ever told me when I was in high school that I would really like math, I would have thought you were off your rocker. (laughs) But these kind of numbers like totally juice me up. It just makes everything seem so attainable. When you break it down like that, if I want to make $100,000 a year, I only need 100 students. Mm -hmm. Because I do have a course that's $1,000. So 100 students in a whole year, that sounds so darn doable. But if you tell me, I want you to make $100,000 with your course, I think, I, how am I going to do that? Right. It really, the analogy I always use is just trying to lose weight because at some point, most of us have tried to lose some type of weight. So <laughs> nobody would say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I'm not really sure how that's going to happen. Or say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I'll just kind of be in the flow and I'll eat what I feel like when I feel like it. And if I'm in the mood to work out, I will. No, you would say, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. You'd probably pick a little bit of a deadline and then you would calorie count or you would eliminate certain types of food or you would and or you would schedule in your calendar. These are the times that I'm going to do some cardio. So you would have a very specific strategy with implementable steps because you would know this is what I need to do to hit this goal. And it's just got to be the same way in business. It's so many people don't actually put that piece in. So if that's you, that's not your fault. That goes back to what we talked about. And I think Pam was our first podcast where it's this whole concept of being a gig master. And Uh that's why I'm saying it's not your fault. It's never your fault because what you should do is give yourself a pat on the back for getting up every day and saying, how am I going to create some income today? Because as a business owner, that's got to be your number one priority. How are you going to create income? How are you going to drive revenue? So yay for doing that. The operations piece is just your anchor because it'll give you a roadmap of how and what you need to do to get there. Absolutely. I think that was so well said. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just thinking because, you know, we have been gig masters. Now, who we're talking to are people who are ready to get out of that gig master situation and start growing the business and having it more automated, more enjoyable, really, but more predictable, more sustainable income and growth. Right. Let's go back to processes for a second, because we just kind of brushed over that, or, or, you know, we talked about at a high level. But let me just tell you one of the easiest ways to create your processes is to actually write things down or and or record your screen as you're doing something. And there's a program out there. And of course, we'll add it to our resources list in the show notes called Loom, L-O-O-M. And I think it's loom.com. And you can grab a free account there and you can actually record your screen So anything that you're doing is shown and you'll know step-by-step how to do it next time or when it's time to take on team or if you have team, you just give them the video. Loom's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. It's easy and it's free. I just love that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. The other thing is if you currently have a team, every time they do something new, have them document it. We're working with a newer team with our podcast and that's what we've asked them to do. Every single thing that they do, we're asking them to go into our teamwork, which is our project management account, 
create a new notebook for this specific process and record each step. So we have processes in case someone has to step in for someone else or we have to replace someone. It's easy peasy. We're not starting from scratch over and over again. I can't stress enough how important these systems and processes are to have in place. I wish I had them from the beginning of my business because I struggled over and over again trying to remember what I did last month. You're so right, Pam, about the writing down and the documentation of your processes, otherwise known as what you are doing. Because here's the good news for everybody. Number one piece of good news, at some point, you are going to be able to outsource. You're going to be able to afford to do it and you're going to definitely want to do it. So just know that day is coming. Mm -hmm. When you have everything written down and you've got your processes documented, that means your outsourcing is going to be a much smoother transition. Somebody can pick up the ball and run with it because they're going to know exactly what they need to do. So write down, document your process and just know, hey, good news for me in the future. I won't even have to do this. I can outsource it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is it'll help you get more clarity on what you're doing in your business, what you're not doing in your business, or what you need to reconfigure in your business. And I know especially for creative types and a lot of us business owners, entrepreneurs, we tend to be highly creative. Getting that process down in some type of written format It'll just remind you if you're going off track or maybe you're having a day where it's kind of tough to focus. You'll have a document that you can actually pull up and say, oh yeah, this is my process for getting these types of results. Have you been sitting in my office? (laughs) It just sounds like you know me (laughs) because I have to do that. I have to pull myself back to earth a lot because I'm, you know, a typical entrepreneur, a new idea, a second. Yeah, it happens. You know, a lot of times I feel sort of split personality because I'm the typical entrepreneur. There's a new idea every 13 seconds. I start a lot of things. I usually have to hire people to get them finished. So there's kind of this woo, you know, squirrel part of my personality that is very present in every day. Interestingly enough, though, I'm also somebody who I have a plan. I want to work the plan. There's a place for everything and everything has its place. So I think that I am not alone. And that's what causes a lot of internal stress and anxiety for business owners, because the part of your personality that shows up and says, I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to create something from nothing. I'm going to get this going. Oh, wait, here's something else I can create from nothing. Oh, oh, wait. And then there's over here, the thing that I want to do. That's really normal. And you may also naturally be wired to like a plan and have things in place and keep them orderly and keep them organized. So yes, I speak from experience and it's not a joke how much internal stress that can actually create. So find a rhythm where you are allowed to let your creative flag fly high and you're just all over the map and Create some space in your calendar where you can clean off your desk, where you can organize your files, where you can keep things orderly and organized, because otherwise you've really got these two parts of your personality that are at war with each other, and that will derail your business. You just hit on an amazing point there, Jane. It's making time to work on your business. That's exactly what you're saying, and we got to do that. I know when we're rushing from client to client, we're so busy we forget that we've got to work on our business as well, instead of just, you know, the day to day working in it. So it's so important to put some time on your calendar. It's kind of like the triple on it's work on your business, not in it in it is you're serving clients, you're doing the things on your business 
is the mentality of the CEO. I'm creating a strategy. I'm future pacing. I'm designing things. I'm thinking critically about what I want my business to look like in the future. So that's working on your business. It's also working on yourself. So that goes back to the inner game that we talk about. You've got to really set aside, ideally daily, some time to be doing self-development and working on yourself. Because if you don't stay on top of that, everything's going to go sideways. And then I jokingly refer to the third on is you got to work on your desk. And what I mean by that is like right now, my desk kind of looks like a bomb went off on it. So I need to put in my calendar some time to work on my desk, get things back in order, get the visual clutter down. Science actually proves that when you have a lot of visual clutter, it affects how you're processing things. So the cleaner your environment is, the more orderly it is, it'll create more efficiency in your business. I work with It's so true. Yeah, I work with a lot of creatives and I'm thinking of one in particular. <laughs> He's a photographer and I would hate going into his house because it was, it looked like hoarders. It was really rather scary. And of course I would never say anything, but he always said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's a mess. I know it's a mess, but this is how I work. I'm a creative. And I thought, I just wondered how much more he would actually get done if he created some semblance of order and organization in there. And that's not a judgment because I look at my own desk and I say the same thing. So it's real. You don't want a lot of visual clutter you need to have an operational system and that includes your physical workspace. It's really true. I learned really early in my corporate career that I can't have anything else on my desk other than what I'm working on yeah. or it pulls for my attention yeah. all the time. It does. It pulls focus really quickly. That's why people walk into my office and go, oh my God, your desk is so tidy. Yeah. If they only knew it was thrown in my drawer, but, <laughs> but it's, what's on my desk is only what I'm working on. Mm -hmm at the moment, which is pretty wild. Yeah, I've wiped everything over into a bucket or a bin or a basket or something when I just didn't have time to really go through what was on my desk. But I thought, man, I am never going to get this project finished because all I can see is this clutter and this disorganization. So, And everything's saying, hey, I need your attention. Yeah. You need to look over here. Yeah. I need this to get done. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it needs oh. your attention because it needs your attention for your business and it's serious. Or it just, it needs your attention because it's fun. You know, I'm, I'm it's fun. Out. Yeah. You hit the nail Ooh, on the head. My really pink sparkling notepad. That's real. Oh yeah. And there's a seahorse I got when I was in Hawaii. I mean, just, you know, crazy stuff sitting on your desk, but it'll pull focus for sure. It will definitely. So I think that's really key. I'm glad we talked about that. Something else that's so important in operations is our customer service. You know, we work so damned hard to get customers into our business we need to work even harder to keep them there because we know, and we've heard over and over again, I, I know you've heard it, that it's so much less effort and cost to keep a customer as opposed to getting a new one. Yeah. So one of the things, just an example <laughs> for operations for our customer service is to provide a client welcome packet. If that fits for your business. And some of the things you can include, I was just thinking, I used to do this for my clients, and they loved it. So the key points of contact, this is what you can include in that packet, how the, your, your meetings are scheduled and when they're scheduled, your business hours and your vacation holiday schedule, expected response times to inquiries, how to handle requests, emergencies, and maybe some key expectations of client participation. Because I think 
one of the most important things that we can do with our customers is to manage their expectations. Because when we meet those expectations or exceed them, we create really happy customers. Mm -hmm. One of the other things I used to do, Jane, with my client welcome packet when I was either a virtual assistant or a coach was I would include this really fun questionnaire and there was some serious questions on there, like their birthday and stuff so that I could follow up. But one of them was, tell me something about yourself that I would ordinarily never know or find out about you. And one of my clients, this is so cool. <laughs> one of my clients wrote back, my mom was the voice of Wilma Flintstone. Oh, no way. Seriously. <laughs> and he was an actor himself. So he was an acting coach. And he had acted in, I think it was Phantom. He traveled all across the US. and But his mom was the voice of Wilma Flintstone. And how would I have ever known that if I didn't ask some fun questions? Yeah, that's wild. I love that. I've just always been so curious about people. It's probably why I really love the role that I've always played as a salesperson because I'm constantly in these conversations with people. And I just, I love hearing their stories. I always say I'm that crazy person on the plane that instead of putting on their headphones and putting my nose down in a book, when somebody starts telling me a story, I kind of lean in and I go, really? Well, then what happened? Well, what'd you say? What'd she say? Really? <laughs> I'm just so fascinated by people and their stories. Absolutely. And it it builds that relationship even faster with your client because you've got something really cool to talk about. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week on the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. Be sure to visit our website at flourish.biz. That's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H dot biz, where you can subscribe to the shows in iTunes, Stitcher or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. You can also find our show notes and resources there too. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd love for you to leave a rating on iTunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would sure help us out too. Now, get out there and flourish. <laughs>